Welcome to a place where two HR professionals who happen to be twins, by the way, have shop talk about HR, careers, and all the things you want to say at work but won't. The Career Salon is a place to relax, a place to learn, and a place to be yourself. This is a judgment-free zone where we put it all on the table to become better. We learn many things from our guests and hope you grab a couple of things to take with you as well. We spend most of our time at work, so let's talk about what that means. Come on in. The salon is open. Welcome to the Career Salon Podcast with the HR Twins. Our guest for this episode is Prathan Powell Jr., a world-class global HR leader specializing in lending expertise to Fortune 100 organizations like Nike, the Coca-Cola Company, and Google. Prathan specializes in employee relations and has a bachelor's in organizational management and a master's in human resources education from Louisiana State University. Prathan is also an executive board member for Black in HR, an organization whose mission it is to create a safe space and a one-stop shop for Black HR professionals to grow, network, and learn. Please welcome Prathan to the salon. Welcome everyone to the Career Salon Podcast with the HR Twins. Welcome Woo! back. This <laughs> <laughs> uh, Camille here and Carla's on the other side and we are super excited because this is the first episode of Black History Month 2022 and we have a special guest in the salon with us today and he's no stranger to the Career Salon. We want to welcome Preyton Powell uh, from Black in HR. Thank you so much for coming back to the Career Salon. We just had to have you back to talk about some of the exciting things going on with Black in HR. If you all want to learn more extensively about Black in HR, we do have a podcast that we recorded with Preyton last year. We encourage you all to hop back and uh, listen to that uh, to learn more about Prathan and what he's been doing in his HR career. But really, we brought Prathan on to talk about what's going on in Black and HR, right? And we want also want to get into some hot topics uh, that's going on in the um, Black and HR community and just really talk about the wins that we see in the Black and HR community. Carla and myself are a part of the community. We see all the, the successes and just the amazing work that the community is doing. So we want to highlight and talk about that. But first, I want to tell you all that Black in HR is a career salon partner, and we're so excited to be partnered up with Black in HR. Definitely don't promote Black in HR for a sales pitch or anything like that. We truly believe in the community, and we see all that uh, the community is doing, and we want to just create this path and this connection to a community that's really pulling the wins for yeah. Black people in HR. We're so proud of you, Prathan, and the team at Black in HR. So welcome again. Thank you so much. I appreciate the warm welcome. Love, love the work that you ladies are doing. And excited to talk. Awesome. Awesome. So we want to get into uh, the journey of Black in HR today and talk about past, present, and future, right? We got the elite membership that just rolled out. So we want to talk Ooh. about, you know, small beginnings, Prathan, to, you know, presently what's going on and how can our audience get connected? Yeah, I saw back in the day how Black and HR had like 100 followers on LinkedIn and I, now it has like thousands. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, um, it, it's it's really been a, a wild roller coaster. So we started back in 2017. I just moved to Portland, Oregon to work for Nike. And um, if, if you've ever been to the Pacific Northwest, it's not a large concentration of, of Black people there. And even, even further down, it's not a large concentration of Black HR professionals there. So for me, it was like, okay, how can I connect with other people just to keep myself sharp, you know, to, to make sure I have a place to go to, you know, in this new space that I'm, that I'm, I'm learning about. And so we, we started on GroupMe and GroupMe um, grew to thousands and people started asking for resources. And I realized, hey, man, you know, I could help some people who um, are starting their career through some coaching. So I started coaching for Black and HR, launched a coaching platform, and um, it got to a point where it was too many people that I was working with. I wasn't able to focus on other things. So I brought on, we brought on other coaches. We began to expand and we moved to the Facebook group. And um, and even now, like you stated, we start off with a few hundred. Yeah. And I'll never forget, it was like, oh, we got a hundred people. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're well over 10,000 so and growing. Yeah. So super excited about people being connected with Black and HR and us being able to add value to our community. I love that. Did you think that when you started this, that it would turn into what it is now? Not at all. It was never even the goal. It was just, I just need someone, some other people that do what I do and look like me to connect with. That was all it was. I love it. And so now we're here and it just seems like, you know, Black and HR is creating more partnerships with other organizations, providing platforms for HR leader, thought leaders, you know, like us and podcasters and doing all those things. And I know you just opened up, you know, the opportunity for people to have elite membership. So what does that mean? And why is it important for people to consider that as a part of their educational, professional development, professional (laughs) development. Thank you. I can't get it together. I got you. I got you. Thank you. I I need professional development. (laughs) You know, they have coaches on uh, public speaking at Black and HR. (laughs) Which brings us to what is elite membership? What are we doing over there? (laughs) Yeah. So great call out. Um, You know, elite membership is something we have been working on for the last year. The advisory board, we had talked about uh, taking Black and HR to the next level, which, you know, meant giving people their own um, space and uh, specific resources that members receive. So for the longest, people could take, you know, could join the Facebook group, could join um, the group meetings, could attend events. But we decided that we want to p- create special content, um, provide discounts to courses and free courses and specialized um, events and, and other other resources for those who are willing to invest in Black and HR. We saw the model that um, SHRM and other organizations had uh, in Triple HR, and we think that their models are are great for what they do. But our, our our infrastructure is more digital, and because of that, we're able to fill in the gaps where they don't necessarily reach. And that's why I think Black and HR has been able to grow this way because people, especially during the COVID period, where nobody was really leaving, Black and HR was able to really scale and grow as we were all looking for more things to do online. And it just happened to be that that's all we did anyway. So elite membership allowed us to solidify our services, solidify our um, our resources and give our members specialized content should they choose to do so. And so uh, we're super excited about what's coming from that. Awesome. Yeah. What's the response that you've had so far? 
Yeah, I mean, even in our first two weeks of membership, you know, we've grown tremendously. Uh, we've had over 100 plus people enroll in membership, and we realize that this is a change. Some people have to re- work with their employers to get permission, not get permission, but get paid, um, get it paid for. Um, people are still learning about it, testing out Black and HR, and seeing what what the difference is between free membership and um, elite membership. And we're we're working on crafting that message. Continue to roll out new content, um, new courses that are already part of membership. But I would say that um, for the most part, people are excited. Uh, we just rolled out a circle community where our members are able to interact with each other. They have their own profiles. They're, we're starting to assign certain badges to their profiles based on things that they're, they identify with. So in this case, you ladies would get an Alpha Kappa Alpha badge. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> So we, we've been working on automating this process so that, um, and, and of course, with Greek Letter Fraternities, we got to make sure they're vetted as well. Um, so we're working on making sure that this process is consistent and efficient as well. I mean, it really is a one-stop shop. Like if you want to be certified, you have connections there and you do training for the certification tests. And if you do have issues, uh, meaning me, maybe, as Camille said, with public speaking, you can get trained. It's like, it's not really specialized just for HR. It's for to take care of you as a whole professional, a professional that's working in a setting where you need to have these skills. Or if you're looking to gain additional skills, you have that opportunity. So it, I feel like it's a one-stop shop. And I'm really excited about what you all are doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, this is why we wanted to to work with um, Carissa. I was like, okay, how can we um, have a channel where you know you can listen to content that's specifically dedicated to the members of our community? I know you guys are, are career oriented, HR focused, but there's tremendous value in being able to just pop in a podcast while you're working out and, and completely immerse yourself into professional development, I think is invaluable. So it was for us a no brainer to say, how can we work with these ladies and get, make sure that we're able to follow our members to, to listen to what they're doing? Yeah. Thank I, you so I, much. And I have a follow-up question in that. I just want to make sure it's clear to our audience who the, you know, the people are that you're trying to reach with this Black and HR membership. Is it just for Black people? Is it just for people that's in HR? Or is it just is, you know, if you're thinking about going to HR and you really don't know what it means to be in HR, what does that look like? Yeah. So, um, you know, I would say that Black and HR um, on this whole, we, we're dedicated and committed to the professional growth and development of Black HR professionals. Uh, however, we, we realized that, that we have allies and supporters that have been instrumental in our growth from resources to tools so elite membership is open to anyone who's interested in, in in being part of this space. There there are certain things that will will consistently remain as, you know, to our true to our purpose, which is you know our, our search, certain social groups. But elite membership by itself, we welcome all demographics to join. Uh, even if you're not in HR, even if you're just a business leader or, or organizational manager, the content, the things, the, the the ability to connect with other decision makers is invaluable for really any professional. And so we welcome everyone. So that will be uh, a big change for our members seeing unfamiliar faces and seeing other demographics interact within our um, community. But I think ultimately, you know, we all will benefit as those people that are coming here had, had to pay to come here, which means they are invested in seeing our the platform and our members do well. So those are new jobs. Those are new opportunities, new sponsorships. These are things that 
are, are just part of the natural evolution of any organization. Yeah, that's awesome. We we love it. So you all heard it here first <laughs> from Prathan about Black in HR, elite membership, target audience, the 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 amazing content and services that Black in HR provides. Definitely go to theblackinhr.com and check it out. There is a section for elite membership if you'd like to sign up. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, Anchor, and then we're going to come back and talk to Prathan about the hot topics going on in the Black in HR community. Okay, and we're back. Um, Prathan, I know we said we want to talk about hot topics, and this is a topic that we see all the time, and you're very passionate about it, so we wanted to bring it up. A lot of people, I know I did. When I was younger in my career, and you know, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me in HR, which mm-hmm. totally the purpose of Black in HR to kind of, oh my gosh, I see all these Black in HR professionals, but I didn't see that when I was coming up in my recruiting career. And I really thought to, for me to make it, for me to rise to the top in, in recruiting and HR, I have got to have a master's degree. I, it's just no way that I can ascend to higher heights or to leadership without having a master's degree. And, you know, however many loans later, <laughs> that master's degree was right. like, eh, I could have made it without it. It was just, me, right? And people forget like investing in you doesn't necessarily mean spend a whole bunch of money and get a master's degree. You might want to invest in yourself in a different way. So pray then tell us about your opinion <laughs> or just uh, your thoughts around people like really trying to at this point, 2022, get master's degrees in HR. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for that, I think a lot of people interpret what we talk about when it comes to higher education is that Black in HR is anti-higher education. That's inaccurate. I have a master's degree. And and even then, you know, it, look, it's, it's one of those things where I think for so long, our, our people have been told that these this is how you compete with other communities, other races, and master's degree is the equalizer. But, but we know that that's not the case. We know that the data does not support that. We know that on an income basis, Black men on average make around 40, 42K a year. Black women on average around thirty-seven thousand, and a lot of a lot of our so th- that's the median income for 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 some of our people. So that means that those master's degrees, as a whole, are not impacting our community the way that we thought. It, at some point, it becomes a law of diminishing returns. Where is the master's degree you're getting going to add significant value to your bottom line, or are you doing this just to say you have it? And I think we all think about having that that frame on our office wall being able to post pictures on Instagram and attend graduations. But at the end of the day, if it, all the results is an additional student loan debt and you're not getting an immediate return, um, I think that we have to start thinking about other ways to grow our careers. And so we talk about this pretty frequently and it does cause a lot of frustration when we have these conversations, but I think it's good. Uh, I think robust dialogue around you know, common tropes in our community mm-hmm. is absolutely critical for us to move to the next level. And this is not always the case. Master's degrees, probably 10, 15 years ago, probably was essential to what you what you need now. And so our messaging is not telling people who got those master's degrees 10 years ago that you didn't need to get that. We're talking about now, today. Today, your master's degree in HR is not as critical as it maybe as it used to be a few years ago. And so, you know, we'll see people who will graduate with their undergraduate degree 
and then immediately enrolled in a master's, a master's program without even testing the market to see what they can do, what they can accumulate as far as experience uh, before pursuing education. And I think one of the ways this happens and shows up is, um, you know, our families are telling us, you know, or, or we're hearing the, the old terms, you know, for example, Black women are the most educated demographic. And I think the data supports that really the most enrolled demographic with the highest student debt. And how does that impact the Black community? Well, those Black women at some point presumably will want to have families, and those families will now have additional debt along with their, their partner's um, spouse's debt. That's just additional burdens that are going to start you off behind the eight ball, behind other communities. And so we like to make sure people are saying, if I'm going to pursue this education, here is how I can do that um, and ensure that I get a good return on my investment. Can my employer pay for it? And if my employer pays for it, will I be stuck two years working for them to pay it off? Airport. Yeah. That is yeah. a huge opportunity because when you are, say you get this master's and you think it was free, you think you got over. Well, the problem is you stay with this company two more years and you got to raise 3% over those two-year period. When you could have changed jobs in that same two-year period and got a 20% increase, which is the average increase when someone moves jobs. That's a huge difference in amount, the amount of wealth that was lost and given to an institution right. for just for what reason. And so a lot of this stuff that we talk about is backed by data. Statistics is backed by thousands of clients that Black and HR has worked with who've come to Black and HR said, hey, I got this master's. I got this PhD. I got all this. However, I'm not able to grow. I'm not able to get six figures, the mythical number that we all at some point want. Well, it's because your master's is not the um, the skeleton key. It's not it's not going to do that. It doesn't impress anyone when you walk into an interview. You you just interviewed right. that that Camille's probably interviewed someone who had a master's degree before you. What is it that sets you apart? How can you sell yourself? And coaching is one of right. the biggest thing that's going to help you get the outcome you want. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm over here looking like Jada Pinkett Smith, like that part. <laughs> but also, you know, Prathen in our Facebook group, especially, he chooses violence every time he brings this up. I'm like, so you chose violence today. <laughs> you know, some people will say, and we had someone that I highly respect that I've known for a long time. Uh, she's in HR and she was just saying, because I was just telling her, I feel like I got more value from getting certified than because it focuses on the HR body of knowledge. And I feel like that really resonated with me and what I was trying to do and build my skill set rather than my master's degree. But she was saying that she still doesn't think that a master's degree is a waste because you can show the business how you're just not an HR person, that you actually can add value because you got a master's degree and you understand the other components of business and how to critically think on how all of what they're trying to do with people and strategy impacts the overall picture. And so she didn't think that getting a master's degree was like horrible because we're trying HR is always trying to evolve and find ways where they can show the business, hey, we're not just HR, we're business professionals too. What do you think about that? Yeah, perspective. So I, I would not say it's a waste. Uh, it's just really about how you approach it, why you're getting it. And you know, when you ask the questions, when when our coaches ask this question to our to their clients, it's never a sound reason. It's always because my, I want to make my mama proud or I, I want 
right level up and be a boss these are not quantifiable things quantitative things they're just i'm going to do this because this is what's the going trend and, it, and you know look if, if there is a a, a a master's program that um at social capital uh, maybe you got an mba from harvard that absolutely is a a a good check mark on your on your background but at the same time how will you know that that master's is the reason you are where you are that would that would essentially diminish your own experience in the work you've done by attributing that attributing your success to the masters and that's what we try to get people to understand if you want the masters okay great let's help let's have a conversation about why and then why do you think it's going to make um going to make a significant difference and you hear people saying well i want to be chro well the real the reality is less than 1% of people will be chros from a realistic standpoint 99% of people will not be a CHRO or CPO. Mm-hmm. It's just not. And even then, they don't all have master's degrees and PhDs. But to your point, Carla, you know, I think that certification is proof of your knowledge. You can't just take classes and duck and dodge and it's just theoretical. No, 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 no. You got to pass a test and it shows proof of the work you've done. And I think a certification, in my opinion, is a the cheaper choice by far. Yeah. And it um, it's a credential that you have to continue to maintain. And after you got your master's, you have it. But I know that for you to continue to have this certification, you had to continue to continue. You had to continue to get edu- educated, recertify your credits, stay engaged with your community. Like you, you had to do more work than just simply graduating one day. Facts all around, because guess what? I am not taking those tests again. <laughs> they are, they were the hardest things I have ever taken in my life. And <laughs> I've been certified for a very, very long time, and I don't know if it's still a 50% fail rate, but yeah, mm-mm. <laughs> I don't want to see it. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I, it's still making an impact on me even today talking about it. It's just bringing up all this old anxiety from taking the test. So that's why it means so much to me and the fact that I passed. Yeah. Great. <laughs> no, I, I agree because I would say, Carla, um, you know, you walk in the room interviewing, and I think you already have an MBA, I believe. Is that correct? Yes. So, yeah. you, like, how, how can how can someone who also has an MBA compete when you have the experience as well, and you're certified? Um, like, your body of work speaks more than just simply having a, a master's. Like, it's the golden mm-hmm. ticket. It's not Willy Wonka. It really is not. It's you know we. It has to be a strategic thought process. And this is why coaching is important. If you are considering a master's, just like if you're considering a particular surgery procedure, you ask your doctor, you ask a professional who's going to give you sound advice, help you weigh the pros and cons, weigh the mm-hmm. the cost of this. Why would you not work with a coach or a mentor, someone who's done this at the highest levels to get that guidance instead of relying on Tyler Perry telling you, go get a master's because you're a boss. No, uh-uh. that's <laughs> right. the way I- you- <laughs> yeah, I totally. I, yeah, I get that. And I'm I'm saying as almost a 20 year veteran in and recruiting myself and all the people and executives and senior level professionals that I've recruited, I've never once been like, oh, they don't have a master's for this role. I think I'm going to pass. Never. Because guess what? I've speaking. I've spoken with people from Yale, from whatever. And I'm like, how did they even get this degree? Like, <laughs> like, you know, it versus someone that has like amazing experience and no degree. And I've been like super impressed. Right. So I think it's it's not even about bachelors or masters. Can you open your mouth and professionally 
explain your experience and talk about it and articulate it. You know, if you have a master's degree and you still can't articulate your experience or answer the questions in a basic phone screen, that's going to matter more than your master's degree. You know, yeah. Yeah. So I want people to know that if you can't interview, uh, i.e. get some coaching through Lack in HR, if you can't interview, then your master's degree doesn't mean a thing. You can have it; it's pretty on the wall. But if you can't go in a room and speak to a panel of people, or even talk to a recruiter um, in regards to a role, it doesn't matter. Well, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to the next hot topic, which is: Is it taboo, or is it? How do you feel about HR people getting terminated? Um, I think it's a it's a natural it's a part of the natural life cycle of of really any career, but even HR. You know, HR professionals we don't really add to the call center; we take from the call center. We save in risk, which ultimately save the company money when it comes to risk management. But I think that it's not something that people you're you're probably going to get let go at some point in your career, laid off, terminated, re- workforce reduction. COVID probably hit a lot of people. And I think it's a matter of as someone who's been has been impacted that way several times in my career, you, you just you just dust it off and move, keep moving. I mean, really, all you can do because um, it, you just live long enough and, and these things will happen. And I think that it makes you stronger, makes you better. One of the things that I do as someone who's been and I, I'll say this, I've been let go well over six times in my career for reasons all over the all over the board. But it's, it's one of those things that it builds character. It builds, uh, and I, for lack of a better term, toughness to where I know I can smell when uh, some type of organizational change is coming. I can sense it because I've, I've been there before and I remember the air. I remember the the meetings that were had that I may not have been invited to. I remember just the, the tone of when my coworkers were aware I was leaving and I didn't know it and how they they behave before the decision was made. So you, you you develop a sixth sense to when these things happen. I think that being terminated is can be one of the best things to happen to you because it does allow you to understand that A, your work is not your family, that you have a responsibility to, to have allegiance um, and loyalty to yourself. And by being loyal to yourself, you're going to be the best worker because people who work for the benefit of themselves ultimately work for the benefit of the group. Um, that's just that's just the way that I look at it. So I don't think people who've been terminated should be, you know, go through the process of, you know, acceptance. The, I think it's the five phases of acceptance um, of, of, of trauma. Mm-hmm. Go through that. But the more it happens, the more you brush it off and, and you just keep rolling. I remember when I was late, late, let, I was let go for my second HR role as an HR specialist. And um, I, I have a coach, as, as you guys know, I talk to tell this all the time. I have my own coach. And my coach would always say, you should always be interviewing for roles. You should always be applying. You should always just keep your keep your keep your mark, keep yourself in the market so you know what your value is. And I remember one day I was working for this company. Uh, it was a manufacturing company in Atlanta. And the HR director came in the office um, and said, hey, you know, unfortunately, we have to let you go due to deep downsizing. And luckily for me, I had already been interviewing and just staying competitive in the market because the very same day uh, I got an offer from Coca-Cola, which was a massive boost to my career, uh, which wound up leading me to Nike and Google and Instacart and so on. 
But it would never happen if I let me let go, if I not been taken the guidance of continue to interview. I would have stayed in that same place. Mm-hmm. Why I'm not making more money, why I'm not achieving the goals and getting the outcomes that I want. And I think termination is a part of the natural life cycle. It's just like, um, you know, in the wintertime when plants die and they grow back in the spring, it's just part of the life cycle. People should be yeah. and relish it when it happens. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for humanizing that point of view for us and our audience. Because I think some people are like, you're in HR. How do you get fired? It's like, you know, Friday. How do you get fired on your day off? But kind of like, you know, <laughs> kind of like, you know, being in HR, you think that, you know, HR folks would know how not to get fired. But you're right. right. It's a natural thing that happens in life. So thank you for, you know, just humanizing that for us, Prathen. But we w- we're getting to the end of this episode, but we want to talk and end on a high note in terms of we see it just from being in the community, all the wins in Black and HR, right? So we want to we wanna, uh, give you the opportunity to say, to talk about the biggest win that you've seen so far, even just this past year in Black and HR? Yeah, I would say the biggest the biggest win that I've seen, you know, we kept this data last year. We made 37 six-figure earners last year um, from COVID. Wow. 37. So if you extrapolate that out, that's over $3.7 million that Black and HR has been responsible for putting into the Black community. Wow, that's amazing. Come through. Yes. So, um, you know, and that doesn't include people who've gotten, you know, who are already six figures, maybe got 60K more, people who were 50K moved to 90K or 99K. We specifically track those who hit six figures even. So, you know, for me, it's one of those things where I tell people, look, you know, coaching costs money, um, but it's a value-based product. It really is. You pay $900, $800, whatever the price is. But if you get a $60,000 increase, that is the biggest return you could ever get on any investment. Um, yeah. and, it, and it actually builds confidence in you to continue to learn for what you learn in coaching to take it and move forward. You may not have to come back to us for coaching again because you've learned so many tools you've been able to implement it yourself. But the 37 six-figure earners, um, their lives have changed, their families, their the trajectories of their um, financial um, places have changed. And those same people who may have had masters are now evangelists. They go back and say, hey, look, while I had a master's, while I had this and that, coaching was a thing that pushed me over the top. This year, our goal is to make 100 six-figure earners. That will be over $10 million into the Black community. And so we encourage um, people to really get behind those goals. And if you are trying to be in that number of 100 people, consider working with Black and HR. This is what we do. We're professionals. I say we, I'm not a coach, but the coaches at Black <laughs> I'm on the advisory board, excuse me, but the coaches at Black and HR are, are great at what they do and, and they are world class. And so, you know, that, that that is the best thing you can do is invest in yourself through coaching. It's also something your employer can pay for. Uh, professional development dollars that we most, a lot of us get from our employers could easily be used to pay for these coaching services. It doesn't have to say, I need to get a resume because I'm leaving the job. No, I just need professional coaching. That is a, a very common expense that other demographics pay for all the time. And this yeah. is how they are getting the outcomes. So you guys who are listening, I, I encourage you to tap into those resources from your employer, work with the coach and get the outcome. Right. And if you don't have, if you don't work for an employer that has those perks or those benefits, that's why you need coaching for Black and HR to work for an employer that does. <laughs> I just want to say that. Y'all better go to Black in HR so you can level up and we can change 
the statistics that Kevin Samuels spouts on YouTube every day about <laughs> the average earning potential of black men and black women one by one. We're going to change that. <laughs> so go get coaching from black and HR so you can level up. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I'm here for it. But thank you, Prathen, so much for joining us in the salon. And like, you know, this podcast was full of uh, nuggets and wisdom from you and just, you know, the success of Black and HR community. We're so appreciative uh, of your time. We know it's valuable. So thank you so much for coming and talking to us about Black and HR and elite membership. We're super proud of you and the team. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity, ladies. All right. Thank you to our audience for joining us again. Um, we're going to include all of uh, the Black and HR contact information, uh, website, and all of that uh, in the show notes. This is Carla, the HR expert. And this is Camille, the recruiting expert. And we're the HR twins. You just finished an episode of the Career Salon podcast. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at The Career Salon. And don't forget to subscribe and follow on all podcast platforms for upcoming episodes.